Welcome in to Locked on Knicks. We are continuing our discussion about the Knicks skills and what they can improve going into next year. Which ones are the most important? What intrigues us the most? All that good stuff. We have our two great guests back again. We have Benji Ritholtz of the Strickland and Knicks Film School and Prez of the Strickland back with us, Gavin. And we're getting into some really good topics in the second part of three. Yeah, today we're talking uh, Quentin Grimes' playmaking off of closeouts, how, can, how he can continue to improve in that respect, both in terms of shooting the ball and getting all the way to the rim. And then we talk about Emmanuel quickly and his ability to get all the way to the bucket. So all that and more right now on Locked on Knicks. You are Locked on Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes. Right now. Starts with a five. Ewing for the win. Yes. Up, up, up. Now fires it. He's good. And he's fouled. And he's fouled. Anthony for three. Welcome in to Locked On Knicks. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. We also want to thank you guys for making Locked On Knicks your first listen every day, whether it is on your favorite podcasting platform or if you're checking us out on YouTube. We appreciate you making us part of your daily routine. I'm Alex Wolf. I'm editor-in-chief of Knicks like the Strickland, which you can find at thestrick.land. He is Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. And as we said, we are rejoined by two great guests today. We have Benji Ritholtz, who you might know as at Ben Ritholtz MBA on Twitter. He uh, writes for the Strickland and does some great film threads and analysis for Nick's Film School. And we also have Prez on uh, at underscore Presidente on Twitter. Normally draft aficionado, but he also co-hosts Pod Strickland on Fridays with the Strickland and does plenty of great Knicks analysis as well and is sort of the development guru. So no better two guests to talk about what skills we want to see the Knicks develop than these two guys. And without further ado, I'll let us get right into it, starting with uh, some great discussions about Quentin Grimes. Well, uh, I we've got a lot of different directions we can go now. I think we've each gotten through comfortably at least one thing so far. Uh, I think some of us maybe have gotten through two. Uh, Gavin, I think you've had one so far. So why don't we? Why don't you present what you think your next area of improvement is for Nick coming up? Yeah, sure. So mine is a uh, is, is a player that uh, hasn't come up yet. It's uh, Quentin Grimes's uh, playmaking off of closeouts, which is like the most specific one that I had, but. I just think like if this if he's going to be who he was this year, which is like pretty much a 40 percent three point shooter on insanely high three point volume, he's going to get some of the hardest closeouts in the NBA. And you have to be able to leverage that. And I think that could be a real source of offense for the Knicks, who I mean, now now that they're playing the younger guys a little bit more, they're a little less stagnant. But for long stretches this season have been maybe the most stagnant team in the NBA. And I think Grimes like gives you the next best thing to having a guard with genuine off the dribble juice. Like he can essentially manufacture that just by having guys fly by him. And and especially if RJ continues to just live at the basket, 
Then you have RJ scrambling a defense. You're kicking out the Grimes. They're they're running out to recover on him. And I think that that creates like a, a machine. That creates an offense. That creates like again like like what you what 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 the early 2010 Spurs were like not nearly to that extent because you need four or five guys like that. But you get you're going to get little moments like that. And I think from Grimes, we've gotten those flashes to say that okay, he has a little bit of that in his bag. Whether it's like the occasional like up and under finish through traffic or the mid-range pull-up or, or some of the passes we've seen him throw that I think, at least for me, um, were, have been kind of the most surprising part of his games, like the little, little dump-offs, the kickouts to the side. And I just kind of want to know how much is there with this guy because he was drafted, and, and Prez can speak to this much better than I can, but in my mind, I was like, all right, this is like a high-floor pick. This is a guy who you know is going to be solid and, and you're pretty sure isn't going to be much more than that. And now all of a sudden, like, I, after watching him, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not so sure. Like, I, I see someone who could be like, an 18 point scorer and get four assists and a couple rebounds a game and, and do so super duper efficiently if he continues on the right developmental trajectory. But Benji, I'll toss that over to you and, and you can incorporate your second one in this too, because I think what you want out of Emmanuel quickly is also kind of in line with this. And that's just adding a little bit more pop to the Knicks offense. Yeah, I, I do think those two players are kind of the next step is very different for the yeah. two of them. Uh, I think with Grimes, it's – I think he's shown kind of passing chops that I didn't necessarily know were there. And I think he's shown kind of advanced reads attacking closeouts where, like, he understands where the defense is shifting and he'll kind of surprise you as to which way he attacks so that it opens up something else. But it's essentially been one dribble. And – uh, whether that means he can get to the rim, which he's done rarely, or it means he can make the next pass, but he, he's not. There, there are many times where he doesn't maintain the advantage that was created for him, just because he's not getting into the heart of the defense and and actually forcing them to react to him. Um, and so I do think that is for him, like that's the next step. And um, I look at a guy like Cam Johnson with Phoenix, and I think that's the model where like he started as a very pure catch and shoot guy who really didn't do anything else. And then slowly they built him up where he was attacking closeouts one, then two dribbles actually attacking the rim. And now whatever, we're three, four years in with him. And he's now like able to run a competent pick and roll and like actually make some plays. And he's become a really, really good player, obviously. And, and worth noting, he came in like three years older than Grimes. So that 100%. speaks all to Grimes' yeah. potential yeah. trajectory. Yeah. And he's a little taller and there's some, you know they're built differently but i i do think that's a really good kind of development model to look at in terms of what uh grimes can become but you are right like just <laughs> the fact that um he kind of started playing and was just a absolutely elite three-point threat from the get-go is a hell of a place to start and so now you it's worth investing in and it's worth building upon uh, as we as we go forward, I don't know if we want to jump to quick now. Maybe I want to throw the Grimes question to to Prez first because I want to hear his thoughts. Yeah, I was actually gonna I was gonna frame it in a certain way to you, Prez, uh, to ask about Grimes real quick before we move to quick because I got something for quick too. So we'll we'll save that for a second uh, from now. But Prez, as the the resident uh, draftnik on the panel here, um, that I'm sure we'll be having on more times before draft time, even though we've already had you on once. Um, as far as Grimes is concerned, are you surprised at all by the things that we've seen out of him this year as a Nick, like the things that Gavin's talking about where he's able to put it on the floor more, where he's able to do a little bit of light playmaking, where he's able to like make some reads and transition and stuff like that. 
Or do you think that this was just stuff that was sort of suppressed by his environment in college and he sort of had it all along and then maybe there's even more to this than we thought because like coming out of high school, he was viewed as like sort of a, a combo guard, like a guy that definitely had more more of those sort of chops and then like over his college career, you know, between the, the sort of flame out at Kansas and then his, you know, resurrection at Houston, um, sort of just claimed that three and D role, maybe more just because of what he was asked to do in college. But it, what do you, where do you think that the, uh, the realistic uh, expectation of his potential should lie as far as all those skills are concerned? I mean, I knew all the stuff about his background as a point guard in high school, five-star recruit, the experiment point guard at Kansas that flamed out. But even with all that, I was still really surprised that this happened, much less at the beginning of the year. So um, I don't know how deep the rabbit hole goes with his playmaking and put it on the floor. But uh, the good thing is, you know, you don't you don't need him to become some kind of beastly like five assist shooting guard to really supercharge an offense kind of like what benji alluded to he you know we can he's shown some one dribble stuff you know the danny green stuff pump fake one dribble layup pump fake one dribble pass but if he can do more than that like it, it happens like once a month where he'll have some play where he'll it's usually in transition and he'll do some like ridiculous pass fake or some dime that everybody like touch pass without looking. And it's just like, what the hell is that? Like <laughs> if that can happen, yeah. like, you know, every week, maybe if he gets starters minutes, every other game, that'd be pretty sweet. Cause then you're talking about someone who's likely like if a team ran decent, like, you know, we're whatever the last second, last third to last in pace. If we get, closer to the top of the first third of the league in pace if he got starters minutes and if he got a little bit more development i could easily see him being somebody who averages like two and a half assists you know one turnover one and a half turnovers maybe even more than two and a half assists right like fournier averaged close to four assists a couple times so uh i think he can reach some of that stuff i don't think it's guaranteed but you know who knows yeah, we'll see as far as all that's concerned. Um, and I, I certainly think that Grimes has like probably one of the easiest paths, I think, to reach the sort of developmental milestones that we're thinking about here. Not like the top, top end, obviously, like if he turns into if he does magically, like you said, turn into that like beastly five assists per game combo guard type guy. That's more than what we're expecting. But all we're basically expecting is like with more playing time that like some of these flashes turn into more consistent things. I think it's very attainable for him. Like most things with Grimes, I think that it's just extremely likely that he just continues to refine certain things with his game and eventually becomes like a cool 15 to $20 million a year player without too much effort on his end uh, as far as reaching that because his his player archetype if he continues doing what he's been doing, is just super, super valuable. All right, guys, we're going to pick up talking about Emmanuel quickly and his ability to get all the way to the rim and how that would change the structure of the Knicks offense. But before we do that, uh, I want to tell you all about prize picks. All right, if you're looking for a daily fantasy option, maybe you need to have the award-winning app. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and we know you will too. You pick two to five years and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to ten times on any entry. And just you versus the projected numbers. 
and just can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that simple. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. PrizePix offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. PrizePix allows mixed sport entries, so you can maybe bet the over-under on uh, how many bad trades the Yankees will make this year versus uh, – how many games the Knicks will win the rest of the season. That's that's a pretty good one. And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA. They have options on college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free. If a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point, but you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today and use code NBA for $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. Benji, uh, Gavin alluded to it a, a second ago uh, about IQ. So I'll throw it to you in a sec for the uh, IQ, you know, rim stuff. And I, I also want to highlight uh, IQ as far as playmaking and pick and roll. Uh, so I think those two kind of go hand in hand. But I'll, I'll throw it to you first. What do you want to see from Emmanuel quickly as far as getting to the rim? Yeah, I just want to see him keep his dribble. And that that, that applies both like – when he's looking to pass and when he's looking to score, like his takeoff point right now for layups is, is very far from the rim. And he tries to kind of either he's kind of plowing into somebody or he's uh, trying to draw a foul that way, or he's um, trying some crazy scoop shot, which he'll make occasionally. Um, I just think he needs to try to get there and like, see what happens. And you can open stuff up that you didn't think you could, if you just kind of get to the rim with your dribble, um, and then adding kind of, you know, probing, gnashing, which he doesn't do much of, and I think is important. Even when he attacks, it's not just in pick and roll. Even when he attacks closeouts, I, I think he, he gives up the dribble too quickly. Uh, no pun intended. Um, like, I think it all kind of goes hand in hand, both finishing and playmaking, Alex, which is what, what, what you want to talk about. Like, I think all of that stuff opens up if he, if he maintains that dribble a little bit longer and he avoids the kind of like pick and roll fetal position that he ends up in a lot, which is like where his butt's facing the basket and he's looking out trying to find like an outlet somewhere because he gave up his dribble and there's nothing to do, you know, like it happens to him a lot and you want to avoid that as a point guard as much as possible. Um, so yeah, to me, that's kind of, that's kind of where it starts is like, can you just hold on make a couple extra dribbles actually get to a spot where the defense has to react and now, like he's clearly shown passing chops. Like he has the passes. He throws the cross court passes really nicely. He sees the floor well, pretty well um, for a small guard. Uh, now it's just a question of opening it up so that you can use it. You can use those, those skills. So uh, that's kind of what I'm looking at with, with IQ. Yeah. I would say like, basically my thoughts were sort of just building on that, right? Like I agree. He does need to work on not picking his dribble up so early. Um, I think that's been a problem for him a lot. He's getting better. I mean, but there were times where he would pick it up like practically at like the elbow and you'd be like, why dude? Like you're just stranding yourself on an Island here. Like there's no point in picking up your dribble is because he thought that something was going to develop, you know? Um, that was something I feel like we always saw from Frank too, back in the day, like just mm. thinking that the play was about to happen and then picking up your dribble too soon, then realizing like, Oh crap, that got accounted for. And now I have nowhere to go with this. Um, but I think quickly he's doing it a lot less now. Uh, we're starting to see him take it all the way to the rim more. And that's that's going to be really important, you know, that he starts doing that rather than going for the floater, which we saw, you know, he hit it like just a stupid efficiency last year. 
and it fell off this year predictably and he had to sort of go to plan B which is now getting all the way to the rim taking contact and he's finally starting to come around there uh, I think that he just needs to be given more reps in pick and roll I think it's going to be a big thing you know letting him run pick and rolls with whether it's you know Mitch or Jericho even Julius Randle I mean I don't understand why that's not utilized more you know Randall is actually a great role man and a great I, I think could be a great pick and pop guy um I don't know why he's not utilized more in that role I think because Tibbs and maybe Julius himself now just kind of view him as this this like monolith that has to be can't shoot bro yeah exactly <laughs> what you mean <laughs> yeah but like so you know I think that there needs to be more IQ running the pick and roll as it stands he's uh in the 59th percentile uh, per NBA stats, uh, he is a, a couple maybe sort of concerning stats out of that. Uh, his free throw frequency out of the pick and roll is about 8%. Uh, that's pretty low compared to some of his contemporaries. Like that's closer to, say, Evan Fournier, who's at 5%, than it is to Alec Burks, who's at 15.5%. Um, <laughs> Found which, merchant Alec Burks. Yeah, or or you know R.J. Barrett at eleven percent, um, Cam Reddish smaller sample size, but like twenty three percent for Cam Reddish that seems a little unsustainable, but you know it's you get the idea. I I think that he needs to get more reps that way to learn to get to the rim more and utilize that to generate free throws for himself because I think he has that ability. He certainly has the ability to manipulate his body to draw fouls, um, and if he gets a center switched onto him in a pick and roll, I think he could definitely make that happen. Also, his turnover frequency is a little high, which might be a result of trying those, you know, those cross court passes and stuff, which I would encourage him to do because I think that the payoff is good, but his turnover percentage out of, uh, out of pick and roll is about 13%, which puts him more in line with an, like Evan Fournier, at like 13 and a half percent than it does, uh, you know, with, with some of the other guys on the team. Um, so it's, you know, I, ironically, Alec Burks turns the ball over the least out of that play, despite being one of the least aesthetically pleasing to watch. Um, but you know, I, I think that that's just sort of getting in more reps in, in that spot, you know, making sure to continue to embrace this sort of point guardness of him, um, which doesn't have to happen all the time, but can happen somewhat frequently. If you have him out there with like Julius and RJ next year, hopefully as the starter, I think that's something that they should keep, uh, looking at. I will be right back continuing our discussion on Emmanuel quickly and his development, but I had to let everybody know this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Of course, one of the best developments that the Knicks could have is maybe eating some more Built Bars for that strength routine over the offseason. That's because Built Bars are better than a candy bar for you. They taste just like a candy bar, but they are full of protein to help you recover after your workouts. And have you tried Built Puffs yet? Built Puffs are amazing. You're not going to want to miss out on them. They're the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate, as all Built Bars are. Puffs are a fan favorite, and certainly one of mine. Uh, flavors like yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow. You know that's my thing as an Almond Joy guy. Uh, and banana cream pie, also delicious. They're also good. They're going to be your new favorite. And that's because Built Bars are low calorie and high protein. You can replace your candy bars with Built Bars. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories, whereas most Built Bars are going to hit you with just 130 calories, four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs with a whopping 17 grams of protein attached. 
And I, I got to mention again, they're all covered in 100% chocolate. So you really feel like you're getting away with the guilty pleasure when in fact you're just giving your body a lot of protein without a lot of fillers. So if you want to get some Built Bars for yourself, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you can get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Gavin, it's been a minute. Uh, what, what do you think about the IQ uh, stuff as far as his development with the finishing and with the – or getting to the rim, I should say, and the, the pick and roll usage? Yeah, I mean, I think it's – Kind of similar to what we talked about with RJ, where it is, is situational and who are the guys around him and how much of a threat they are. I mean, that was, it was, a, I think, poorly done, but that was kind of the link I was trying to draw with Grimes is that I think IQ will be at his best getting to the rim um, in, in attacking a closeout versus him like trying to create one on one with someone because I think we've to some extent seen him like start to, I mean, it, he's still young, so it's, it sounds bad to say maximize his physical abilities, but the last few weeks, have been the best I've ever seen him look physically. Like now that he's getting five, six, seven rebounds. I mean, having nights where he gets 10 rebounds a game, like, like we're, we're seeing him like do some stuff athletically and, and even in terms of his speed and transition. And maybe that's just him having a little bit more confidence and, and, and sort of finding that. But I, I think he's shown some flashes we haven't previously seen. I, I still like question like whether he's ever going to be like a really, really effective at the rim finisher. But I think playing off of like another talented guard, playing off of the best version of RJ, of Grimes, of Reddish, like there's someone who can really just, for lack of a better term, keep the machine moving. And I think to do that, he just has to maximize like the rest of his skill sets. Like the, the three point shot has to be what it was as a rookie instead of what it's been. This season, I mean, I think Benji, you you tweeted out the set like his, his shooting on closeout or on, on catch and shoots has dropped off dramatically. Like, what was it? It was like forty percent to thirty two percent, forty six to thirty four or something. Yeah, crazy. yeah, it's insane. Yeah, um, yeah. so just I mean that obviously and and to Prez's point, like like there's a lag time, but now defenses are catching up. Like that completely changes how you guard a guy and and his ability to generate hard closeouts and to attack them and and maybe even do a little bit more than Grimes does with that to leverage it with mid range shooting. Um, I think he's gotten really good at, at spraying the ball out but I think he still needs to get a lot better at like interior passing and like dumping the ball off to someone like Mitch like they're just all these like little skills I think outside of finishing that he has to master to actually get better at finishing but Prez I know this is this is the kind of stuff uh you, you live for so let me let me let me toss this to you and, and what do you think about IQ's finishing and his potential in that capacity I mean what we're seeing lately is exactly what he needs to do which is like Benji said not not always jump from so far not always default to where you would jump from if you were shooting a floater. Um, you know, use he's got a long wingspan. Use that thing. Um, you know, and he's not weak anymore. Like we've seen him bump into guys and then finish now. Like a new way of him being a foul merchant since he doesn't get the superstar benefit craziness that you know has now come back into the league for James Hardens of the world. So um, re- really, my thing is just use. Trust, trust the scoop shot. Like you, you might get your shot punched once in a while, but whatever, dude. Like, and beads of the world are gonna get you. Like, it's just gonna happen. But I, I've noticed. I was curious, so I looked back at a bunch of his layups from this recent stretch where he's been playing well to see who the centers were. And uh, there was one. There was one play where he pulled it back against Joel Embiid, and then he he tried the John Wall thing where you look like one direction and then you just. Psh- beast and just speed toward the hoop the other way but he's not quite as fast as john wall and joel and be pretty fast himself so joel sent it into the crowd but uh you love to see that and then more more importantly really like 
a lot of the, his layups were against lesser centers. Um, and, and I don't even mean that as an insult. I mean, like, if you see a bench center there, you know, a DeAndre Jordan type, you should you should try to take it to the rack, especially if you're normally not as confident. Like, that's, that's the first step. And then once you get good at that, you know, you get a little bit better for the Embiid's of the world or whatever. So just give me more scoop shots and and all that and uh, different angles and sometimes one foot, sometimes two feet, um, stuff like that. And uh, I think it'll it'll do a lot for him. And um, that, to me, that's huge. Like the playmaking is definitely something big for him. He's not bad. He's not great, but he's solid. Um, I, I just think him having the layups gives his offense so much more diversity that everything, I think the playmaking will naturally improve once the layup becomes a threat. Like you mentioned the floater, even, even last year he was, he had a useful floater, but he was, he wasn't really that good at it. Right. Like if you look at the percentages, he was like average in terms of how often it actually went in. And that's because he took so many crazy ambitious ones and then, about halfway through the year, teams would pr- would like ball pressure on him at the free throw line because they knew he wasn't going to go below that. Like for he was sh- he shot it in the thirties, which really isn't good to be honest. Tyrese Halliburton, I don't know what he's shooting it at this year, but last year he shot it near fifty percent. So he was not close to being able to rely on the floater, not even close. So it's really important for him to get some regular layups. Like give me some boring regular layups from all the Knicks. That's all I ask. All right. And that's it for this episode. Again, this is a three-parter. We had such a awesome long discussion with uh, Benji and Prez here. So in the next episode, we're going to be talking about a, a, a cornucopia of things. You know, the, uh, these first couple have kind of have been RJ focused and then like Grimes and quickly focused. Our next episode is going to be all over the place. We're going to talk about R.J. Barrett shooting. Get back to R.J. again for a minute. We're going to talk about uh, Obi Toppin and how his shooting affects the Knicks going forward. We're going to talk about Cam Reddish and getting to the rim and finishing at the rim. And we're going to talk about team free throw shooting, why that could be one of the swing skills for the Knicks going forward and one of the simplest things in the game. So a lot of great discussions coming up on our next version of Locked on Knicks, which will be coming out on Friday. So mark your calendars. We have a game recap tomorrow. And then the final episode of this series coming out on Friday. But until next time, thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you all soon. Peace out.